Welcome to the Anyona Podcast. On this show, we cover everything you need to know from early childhood development and education to parenting tips and much more. Now over to our hosts, Tracy and Zoe. Today we have a very special Early Childhood Journey podcast. We would like to welcome Chris and John from the Fathering Project to the podcast. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you going? So we invited you guys onto the podcast today because Father's Day is coming up and also 2020 has been the year where we've introduced the Fathering Project into a number of our Adiona services. It's been a very exciting oh, new venture for everybody. Uh, and so I was just hoping to open up and to get from your own words, what is the Fathering Project and what's the aim of it? Yeah, great. Well, I'll give you a bit of a, a quick rundown of the history of the Fathering Project, guys. So essentially, we started nine years ago in Western Australia by a leading lung specialist, Professor Bruce Robinson, who's been quite busy, like other doctors over the past six months in Australia and around the world fighting COVID. But essentially, Bruce, he dealt with men who were suffering from uh, terminal illnesses such as asbestosis and other lung-related diseases. And he had these conversations with men on their deathbed time and time again where he would say, you know, hey, John, you've got three weeks to live. And he found that these guys had very, very similar responses such as, I wish I didn't work so much. I wish I spent more time with my family. And I wish someone had told me that these were really a priority in my life as a younger man. You know, if I did prioritise these as a younger man, maybe my life would have had some different results. So out of those conversations, Bruce's ears picked up. He's like, wow, there's some, there's some power around fathering. So he teamed up with the Western Australian University and they did a research on the power of an effective father and what the outcomes were in a child's life. And as I guess you would see uh, at your work and as other teachers would see in schools that kids who do have an effective father or father figure are generally better off both mentally and physically than kids who don't. Now, we're not saying that fathering is a magic bullet, but we're saying there's definitely results there that, that are clearly seen in research. So out of that research, birth the fathering project nine years ago, and um, about three years ago, the federal government took a bit of an interest in what we're doing through our, our schools and centres programs. And they said, hey, we like what you guys are doing. We want to see you go nationwide and have a footprint in every single state. So thanks to quite a substantial federal grant, uh, we've grown from 150 schools and centres in WA and about 90 in the Sydney-Wollongong area. Now we've got 42 down in Victoria. We've got 43 schools and centres on board in Queensland, one in ACT, and we've got a mandate to go into South Australia, Tasmania and Northern Territory in term four. That's a quick, a brief history of, of what where we've come from, but I guess I'll throw the ball to John to, to give you an update of what we actually do and, and why we do what we do. Perfect. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, as Chris said, we're a research-based organisation and that's really what our anchor is in, uh, in the content that we've sort of created, really. Um, and it's because of the research and those findings that, we, that, that uh, Dr. Bruce Robertson found, even though they were anecdotal to start with, it's just talking to men in that situation and then going deeper and saying, well, if these guys regret some things or there's some things that they wish they had changed, you know, what, let's look at the social impacts. And so I've got a youth work background and uh, part of the reason I joined the Fathering Project is because myself, even in my profession, I had seen that when we were working with young people, um, there was unfortunately a common theme where young people were really suffering from um, you know, mental health issues and some things were developing. The dads weren't in the picture. And they weren't in the picture maybe physically, but also just some dads didn't recognise their power. That, hey, look, everything seems to be okay. 
uh, in our family. I'll keep on doing my thing. I'm, I'm really comfortable being a career man or I'm doing something really well. I feel great over here. I feel like I'm providing and doing great things for the family. And mum seems to have it handled. So we, it's actually out of the Fuzzy Project, really, it's more about inspiring and equipping dads and saying there's actually a role here that if you don't step into it, no one else is filling it for your, for your child. So it's um it's definitely not about dad shaming and saying, come on, guys, you're not doing a good job. It's actually saying, hey, there's an opportunity and a real open invitation here to step into your child's life because you really matter. You absolutely matter. And uh, as I said, there's there's a there's a hole there that, that no one else can fill but you in your child's life. That's um so it's powerful. So yeah, so our research drives our content and um and therefore we want to make sure that well, we speak, our message is clear, it's consistent, and it's um, and it's simple for dads to get and go, yep, I understand it. Yeah, and that certainly supports everything that Zoe and I and, and Adiona as an organisation advocate for. You know, the more relationships, the more positive relationships a child has in, in their life, there's lots of research that goes in to say that, you know, it is increased positive brain development, increased emotional health, um, increased resilience all of that sort of thing. So it sounds like what you're doing is certainly providing positive outcomes for kids, which is what we all want. So I guess if a, a father was looking at joining a dad's group or, a, um, you know, maybe getting in contact, trying to start their own fathering project within their own community, what would that look like? What, what's the a typical gathering of dads <laughs> that you organise? What does it entail? Yeah, well, the dad's groups, um, well, they're a simple event really. And, and like you said, about relationships with kids. This is about all of us really having a relationship. Men don't get together naturally, right? And and mm-hmm. especially talk about things like like fathering. So what it is, it's a it's a really relaxed environment for guys just to get together with the intention of just having fathering discussions and just sharing the journey. And it's amazing once dads do come to an to an event, um, it might be totally brand new and they might come in thinking, oh, I'm actually probably, you know, the worst dad here, or I've probably got the least amount of knowledge, and so I'm going to feel totally inferior. Once they get there, they recognise actually we're all in, this, in absolutely the same boat, and all with the same fears, concerns, strengths, and weaknesses. Really, some of us just have a little bit more experience, and that's about it. So, so it's really about dads getting together for the for the um, purpose of discussion around fathering and building relationships with each other. Just having general, you know, support just naturally comes when when folks get together. So it's the we want to keep it as unstructured as possible. I think that's yep. quite man stuff, right? So just simply, if you get together with a purpose and you guys design it, you know, even choose the content you want to talk about. What's topical for you, for you blokes at the moment? Um, yep. What's happening in your kids' lives? What ages are you fathering at the moment? It's not to bring that around um, the discussions that you have, and that's that's quite powerful. So it's very much unstructured, but intention is probably the key yeah you know I know that um, and as I've discussed with you before but you know as mothers you know once you've had the baby there's mothering groups there's lots of avenues just stereotypically and I you know I'd like to acknowledge that it is changing more and more but the mum is the primary caregiver that is there doing more of the school drop-off pickup kindy pickups those sorts of things and so the the opportunity there as mothers to network um, and, and there is a lot of focus on uh, maternal mental health as well once um, a, a, a child arrives into the world. So it's really nice that to see that dads are becoming more of a focus and that they need those opportunities to network, especially as you said, it may not come as naturally to dads as it does to, to, some, to some mothers. 
the, mm-hmm. and acknowledging that that's a bit of a stereotype as well. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so no, <laughs> that's all good. And um, and it's great that um, the far, you know, the dads groups. It is casual. There's no, it's no um, expectation that there's you're going to have to turn up and have a, a deep and meaningful every time that there's a meeting. It's really just knowing, getting to know some guys, and knowing that the support's there. Yes, there may be a bit of a, a focus or um, some materials about a certain fathering thing, but generally, or parenting, should I say, in general, um, information. But it is just about building your own social network. Definitely right. And, and we can keep it very simple. Some of the things that we um, do, Chris, probably talk about the bus principle, I think is probably a good introduction. Yep. So we look at keeping it super simple in our content. We keep it, you know, say to, to the guys, just get on the bus every day. Look at how you can get on the bus with your kids, and that's B-U-S. How do you be there for your children? And that means just how do you be really present? Not only are you providing, not only are you driving them to school or doing those kids pick up, look for those really um, incidental times that are in the day where you get to connect, look eye to eye with your child, and that doesn't matter what age. It's really important that that uh, your child gets to know you and has has that, that sort of intimacy and, and relationship there. So you're being really present with your kids. How do you have for the you is how do you have unconditional love and how do you display unconditional love to your child? And again, often Chris and I will even talk about it and say, if we haven't had unconditional love or seen unconditional love in our own, maybe it's our own fathering story that we have, that can be difficult for guys. So we just say, look, try and explore that. What does that look like? That love isn't a transaction, that if your child is misbehaving, they don't feel the vulnerability of love being withdrawn from them. That yeah that they've got a foundation that you love them no matter what. You might not be happy with the behaviour or there's something that needs to happen here. Yeah. But even correction is love. So we've got to see that um, no matter what's happening, that you love your children and they feel it. And the S is what do you recognise about them that's special? They're, they're their own individual. They are a sovereign person. Yes, they are of you, but um, they are their own individual growing. And it's really great um, that especially this role for dads is, Dads have a power to be able to speak into, into our children's lives. Um, it's not that mums don't, but yep. when dads speak, people often listen. So it's worth actually having some great words that you want to say, knowing that you've got this power. And we can actually speak over the lives of our kids and speak into who they are, really reaffirm some self-esteem things about the individual qualities that you recognise. That You might say to your child that, oh, I just love spending time with you. I think you're really funny or... I love the energy that you bring to a room or something that you're noticing in the world. You're a problem solver. You're someone who can really persevere. That's amazing. I love watching that grow in you. We can speak into the lives of our children. And so that's the, the S part of the bus. So most of our conversations around, like you said, Tracy, just a fathering thought that we might talk about could be some super simple. Guys, while we're here, do we want to talk about the B? How can we make a challenge this week or something like that that we're going to have top of mind that we'll be there for our kids? What can we do this week? What does unconditional love look like? What's something we could do that's practical and showing unconditional love? And how do we reaffirm that we we uh, recognise the special qualities in our kids and those sorts of things? Yeah. And um, I'd just like to point out here too that, uh, as I said, I just know from having the program within our, our services the last year and stuff, that the, pro, um, the, father, the dad's groups and the fathering project are available to any male role models in the child's life, um, you know, because obviously for various reasons, you know, the child's biological father may not be present. Um, and so I do know that you welcome in uncles, granddads, family, friends, all those sorts of people into the group. 
and I guess give them a way that they can support the children in their lives too. Yeah, that's right, Tracy. And as you said, it is quite a casual approach. And, and John said as well that we, we try to keep it as unstructured as possible. So with the two events that we've had at um, the Mitchelton Adiona campus so far, thanks for hosting this one, Tracy. It was a, a beer and pizza night where we got to meet the dads there. We had about uh, 13 dads just really gather around the topic of fathering, had a chat. Most of these guys hadn't met each other. And um, by the end of the night, we're sharing ideas of what they wanted to do as a group going forward. This was obviously pre-COVID, so some of the ideas yep. off the ground. But the fact that we had dads gather and connect and just share a few stories about who they are, you know, who their kids were. And, um, yeah, really seeing some organic relationships birth there in that night was really powerful. And also a big shout-out to the dad group leader, Nigel, and also the dad group mentor, Peter. They've done a sensational job. So the second event we had would have been two weeks ago, I think it was Tracy on a Saturday yep. morning. Yep. A barbecue at the childcare centre. We just had um, sausages and bread, a bit of fruit, some coffees, and another, I think, eight new dads rocked up that didn't come to the first one. And again, we just talked about, you know, who they are, who the kids were. And um, yeah, people just started connecting over fathering. And it's, it's awesome. I think it's going to have some big growth in your centre there in particular over the next mm. couple of months as we begin to open up out of COVID. Absolutely. And I know that, you know, the um, the buzz on the on the ground has been <laughs> that it's growing bigger and bigger and um, that people are excited and, you know, quite a few. I know that Sammy, our director at our Mitchelton Centre, was there playing coffee lady on the day and um, she said that quite a few of the dads on the way out stopped to thank her, which should really go to Nigel and you guys, um, for, for the program and commented on how great and meaningful it is. We, um, Mitchelton, we're in the situation where we have a couple of the dads that are, that are stay-at-home dads that, you know, they stay home and do the primary caregiving role. Um, and, you know, so I think for them, they especially reached out and um, I think for them to be able to connect and, and have that time, I think was really, really special. So. Shout out to you guys. A lot of the dads actually said, you know what, this childcare centre is actually setting our kids up for a fantastic win when they go to school. Um, Because they said they've tested other centres in the area and said they were good, but Adiona's the cream of the crop because you guys actually (laughs) teach them skills for some early wins when they start prep and start grade one. So, yeah, well done, guys. Thank you. We did a hashtag not sponsored after that, I think. (laughs) I am not paying Chris for his comments. Uh, Um, so I guess then moving on from what the program looks like within the centres, I was just wondering if you'd maybe be able to, um, you know, obviously I come to everything with, you know, my lived experience and that is as a mother, not as a father. Um, so just, I guess, explain, I guess, some practical tips in the bus was certainly one, um, but do you have any other tips and tricks for how dads can build relationships with their children? One of the best ones. Uh, so, again, if we look at the bus as a principle, mm-hmm. in all that we're doing, we're looking at how do we be there, how do we have that message of unconditional love and how we have special. That's really the foundation for relationship. So if you put those glasses on, let's say the bus glasses, and go, right, I'm going to get on the bus and, and do that, one of the practical tips is, is actually booking time then in your week to do that. Some real intentional time, so it's not actually accidental. Oh, we've got some time. Let's do it. It's actually booking some time and saying, you know what, I'm going to start work late on Wednesday, and I'm going to take the kids to school. But we're going to have ten minutes at the park prior to, or you know, do something. Yeah, it's real intentional relational time where you're creating memories. 
And um, looking at dad states, we think that dad states are just a brilliant practical tip that you can do. And this is great for multiple you know, families. I've met multiple children and families. I've got three kids of my own. I'm a stepdad to three also. So we don't just look at, you know, Tony and I as the parents and then the kids in one. We go, no, there's actually six individuals and I have six individual relationships that I need to foster here. And that's and it's beneficial. It's my best, most influential job. So booking time to have one-on-one dates with your kids. And that means phones go away. You don't bring a book. You don't hey, say, hey, come with me. I'm going to catch up with a friend. Do you want to come with me? It's actually one-on-one time and you're really booking it. So it's amazing. Once you have one of those dates, if you haven't done a dad date, you will actually want to do another one almost straight away because what naturally happens is it's just beautiful connection. And it's sitting across from your child. Maybe they originally go, oh, did you want to talk about something? Have I done something wrong? You know, like you got to go, no, this is actually, no, this is, I just want to get to know you. You know, you're my child. I love you. I love you. I actually love spending time with you. But I often find that we just get caught up and life's busy. So let's let's make time for each other. And that speaks so deeply into a child's self-esteem and self-value, you know, amazingly. Because whether you know it or not, our children look at us as dads and they do for mums as well, but they see us as so important in the world and go, wow, there's such a, they seem to have everything going on. They know what they're doing. We're just a natural role model. When we focus and go, you're it, that just speaks so deeply into who they are in their core. So dad's groups, dad's groups, <laughs> dad's dates, I should say, yep. are just a powerful tool. And so mm-hmm. understanding just those fundamental things of don't bring a phone, don't bring anything that can distract you. Um, book a time and say we're going to have half an hour and we'll go and do an activity but make sure there's there's eye contact time it's not um, going bike riding or something like that if you go bike riding great but then go and sit and have milkshake and talk you know yeah. uh, it might feel clunky to start with but that's okay just keep going with it because it's really powerful so that we think if you were to go away and do that what will naturally come out of there is some amazing things and as dad you'll get the thirst for it and away you go Mm-hmm. And I, I think with something like that too, we certainly, while it's it's never too late, I think that if you can get that sort of relationship and those um, channels of communication open with the younger the child is, I think that when you you start to negotiate those more complex teenage years, at, at least there's the, the road has been, you know, the, the pavement's been laid. <laughs> um, and and I think it helps navigate that a little bit easier rather than trying to have that start that communication you know in those years so totally right. yeah yep. totally right so, and that's why we also say that you know having um family meetings and having those sorts of things around a dinner table or something where you're giving your kids a pathway for discussion and connection mm-hmm. and, and um be really proactive in the way that you build strong relationship and a really solid culture around your around your home that's the role that dads can naturally play that the stage is set for you, so just step on with confidence. Yes. I know in our house, our um, six-monthly dad camping trip where um, they we only have two children, but one will go camping with dad and the other one stay, and then they swap over and cool. tell you what, they come home and they look like they've been dragged through a hedge backwards and obviously all sorts of shenanigans have gone on that mum would never approve of. I even think there's ice cream for dinner. Um, but, <laughs> um, but they're much um, looked forward to an anticipated um, tradition that we have in our house now. So it's lovely. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, I guess then, you know, we are obviously working with children under five. And I know that in our father, uh, well, sorry, in the fathers that I know with children about the same age as mine, that sometimes the first, especially 18 months of their child's life, and I think you're right in the thick of this at the moment, Chris, aren't you, um, <laughs> can be can be a little bit difficult for them to know how to bond with their infant and toddler. It feels like, you know, once again, stereotypically, the mums just physically are involved so much more in in caregiving. And and some dads are a little bit lost without, I guess, the maybe either cues from the child or being able to have that verbal communication. Once again, not all dads, this is just from the, the group that I have spoken to. What would be some advice that you could give in those early years? Chris, you want to speak in that or from experience? <laughs> I can't give advice. I'll, I'll throw it back to John for advice, but I'll definitely share my experience. So I've got a, a 19-month-old daughter, little Charlie, and I've got uh, the second nugget due in three weeks. So I'm about to go Nothing. through all over again. So I'm glad the podcast was this week and not uh, two weeks from now. <laughs> I guess what I found, and you hit it, the first couple of months uh, I kind of felt pretty um, – not disconnected, but I didn't feel as useful or as helpful um, as what Kate did as a mother. So I guess my role in the first few months was really looking after Kate. You know, Kate being the primary carer, breastfeeding, you know, all that stuff that comes with being a mother. Um, so I was just really there, look, Kate, what can I do for you? I, you know, I'll change nappies when I can. I'll, I'll do the dinners and the, the breakfast and all of that. But what can I do for you, Kate? Because that was really my role for the first bit. But when I, when I found Charlie hit one and started talking and then started walking, um, it started opening up to who I was as a father and who I was, and she started recognizing who I actually was, you know, in the household. Um, yeah, it just exponentially got a lot more fun. So that's my experience. But I, I thought to John, though, he can definitely break that down in a, a much more educated way. <laughs> I think, I guess, what we talk about in the Fuzzing Project is recognizing um, that it's almost like a child has a radar on the top of their head and they can look at mum and work mum out pretty quick that she's there everything you know just make a noise and mum arrives and she's feeding me she's there she feels the love there's there's a much more natural connection there um and the child is sort of turning around and with his radar on the head going i see you around a fair bit too actually what are you doing here you know talking to dad and so it's an opportunity for us to to actually shape that and say well what does my what do i want my child to see in me and what role do i play and exactly as um as chris has said you know, Charlie would have seen him as very active and, and involved uh, and would have definitely felt something from him in his presence and those sorts of things. But just know that your child is looking. And if we look at neuroscience and the brain development, our children are taking in absolutely everything in those first few years in their, through their mouth and sensory, and they're really in tune to the feeling of, of what's happening around them. And they're looking for that safety and those sorts of things. So just really being, I think, just be super aware of your presence of how you speak around your kids very early on, how you interact, that you have eye contact and you you have a relationship, even though you might think, I can't do anything, I feel useless. Just when you do change a nappy or doing something, this is a connection opportunity, you know, to tickle your child and think about what are they taking in because they, they're really sensing everything about me and what am I putting out. So just look for those real simple opportunities to connect and be there um, again, for your, for your kids. But um, that's what we love about you know, some of our content is saying if you, you know, um, want to define your role, do that. Proactively define who you want to be 
in that family because your child's looking for a definition and looking to see what is a dad, what does a dad do, and what role will you play in my life? So uh, often dads will just maybe out of uncertainty hang back and see what role they're, they're maybe given by the coordinator, you know, <laughs> by yep, mum yep. maybe and say, I need your help with this. Definitely be that attentive person, but what could you also talk to your partner about and say, this is what I think I would like to do and proactively, mm-hmm. confidently step into that into that role of um, being a values-based person or some sort of role model or feeling that protection or, or whatever it is that you want to bring. But there's a gap for you ready and waiting to help define that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that sounds fantastic. Now, was there anything else in general that you guys would like to discuss or put out there into the ether for, for dads to hear? I guess a quick shout out, if there's any dads out there that do have um, older kids that are in a primary school in the area, you can be a dad of two dads groups. So you can be involved with um, your younger child's dads group at the childcare centre. If you want to do the same with an older an older child at a primary school, please um, maybe contact Tracy. She can then put you through to us. But we're more than happy to um, pick up a group in your school. Most schools coming on board now are looking to do it in early 2021. So if that's you, uh, reach out. We'd love to have a chat and uh, organise that for yourself at uh, your primary school. If I can just say that I know that uh, dads like a bit of competition and uh, look, the Mitchell Triple <laughs> Campus is actually going really good. So can we look at Cooper Rood dads out there? Yeah. Oh, we're going to keep going on here. <laughs> well, you know, dads step up, right? Let's, uh, let's get the bigger group happening. Yeah. Well, we're going to be launching in um, Mackay in Nooseville, hopefully before the end of the year as well. So we can have a four-way competition going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and sorry, just what you were saying before, Chris, I think to going to two um, dads groups would certainly be beneficial because as we all know, each age and stage brings new challenges and um, <laughs> a new dynamic and, um, you know, having to develop your relationship in different ways. And so having people that are maybe a step or two ahead of you in that or, you know, you can be the one to help the person that's going into that phase. <laughs> um, I think that's really valuable as well. Yeah, and look, it's a, it's a super easy way to connect with people on the same journey as yourself. Really easy. It's basically set up for you. You've just got to turn up and, and say hello. And once you've been to one, it's, it's easier every time. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And if you're a go-getter and you want to be a dad's group leader, please let us know. We always welcome you. <laughs> so we'll put on the show notes for today's podcast, we'll have um, a link to the Fathering Project's website as well as we might even put up the links for the Cooperu and Mitchelton group to go on and register if you'd like to and I think that is all so thank you so much for joining us guys thank you for your time I really appreciate it hopefully we'll have you on again as things develop and you have new information to share with us um, and we'll go from there thanks so much thanks bye That's it for this episode of the Adiona Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more fascinating insights into the early childhood development process. And don't forget to rate and review the show so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode of the Adiona Podcast.